faith. What is it? Being sure of our hope. Convinced of what we can't see. By faith, we understand the world was set in order at God's command. By faith, Abel offered God a greater sacrifice than Cain. And for his faith, God commended him as righteous. By faith, Noah trusted God and constructed an ark for the deliverance of his family. By faith, Abraham was willing to sacrifice Isaac, his only son, believing God would still fulfill his promises. By faith, Moses chose to be mistreated with the people of God rather than enjoy sin's fleeting pleasure. By faith, God's chosen nation crossed the Red Sea on dry ground and praised him as it swallowed up the Egyptians. By faith, Rahab the prostitute escaped destruction because she welcomed the spies in peace. Time will fail me if I tell of Gideon, David, and the prophets. By faith, they administered justice, shut the mouths of lions, quenched raging fire. But others were imprisoned, murdered, and wandered in deserts, mountains, and openings in the earth. We are surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses. So get rid of every weight, of every sin, and run. Run with endurance the race set before us. Your eyes fixed on Jesus. He is the champion and guide of our faith. For promised joy, he endured the cross, thought nothing of its shame, and having risen again, has been handed his deserved glory at the right hand of the throne of God. If you don't have notes, you need to get them today. You know, I, I, I thought of a scripture that said, uh, Hebrews 5.12, it's, it's, it's in your notes, we're not going to pull it up well there she is she beat me to it but uh it says milk is for babies meat is for those who are full grown most of us can eat steak in here except the babies they don't have enough teeth say i've got some teeth so we're feeding meat today so what is it about the name of jesus what is it about the blood of jesus what is it about the word of god what is it about all these things? It's called covenant. And we don't know covenant in America. We know contracts. So forget contracts and let's talk about covenant. And covenants are written in blood. The only thing we know about covenant is Indians had blood covenant with their brother, a blood brother. And they would cut their wrist. You don't forget the scar. You don't forget the blood mingling, the handshake. It's blood. Jesus' blood covers our covenant with God. Okay? Chew on that a minute. That's why we say, oh, the blood. Why she sing, oh, the blood? The Holy Spirit knew what I was going to say. She didn't. The blood of Jesus backs our covenant. So let's, let's just let's dig into this because i got a lot to say. I need four days and four hours a day to really teach this. But we're going to do it in 35, 40 minutes because we're going to do something even better at the end. So you ready? So we're going to look at our foundation. 1 Timothy 6, 12. 
fight the good fight of faith, lay hold to eternal life that you, uh, that which you were also called and have confessed a good confession in the presence of many witnesses. God's place was to lay out the covenant. Your place is to have faith to receive it. Come on. The grace of God is in the covenant. And God has given you faith and will help you grow in faith to receive this covenant. Come on, God's your helper. We got to be the receiver. Okay, okay, okay. Faith comes by hearing. We've taught that. Wednesday night, we taught faith comes by abiding. Hearing, abiding. How about faith comes by understanding? It just gets bigger and greater and greater, stronger and stronger. You know, you lift weights, you lift it one time, oh, I'm good. No, you lift it many times and you start bulging, you get stronger and stronger. This is what, what faith is about. Our, our other scriptures, Romans 4, 17, as it is written, I've made you the father of many nations. Abraham is the first one that God sought out and, and he did a covenant to reach the nations. Okay? In the presence of whom he believed. Abraham believed God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which be not uh, that do not exist as though they did. When God saw the darkness, he didn't say, whoo, sure is dark out there. And when he looks at you, he goes, whoo, you sure are messed up. No, when he saw the darkness, he called light. And when he looks at you, he calls you well, whole, delivered, saved, set free, righteous, holy. I don't feel holy because you don't know what Jesus has done for you. Come on. It's not your holiness. It's his holiness that he's given in this covenant. Okay, and so he became the father of many nations, or who contrary to hope and hope believe and became the, the father of many nations. According to that which was spoken, so shall your descendants be. And being not weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead, since he was about a hundred years old, nor the deadness of Sarah's womb. She was in her nineties. They did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but were strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, being fully convinced that's faith fully convinced that what god has promised he was able to perform and therefore it was accounted to him for righteousness you have right standing with god when you believe god if you can muster up some faith and get some faith and start believing god god will count right standing with you that's what it said okay okay there were six covenants real quick first one was of adam rule the earth make sure you take a day off the sabbath Represented that covenant. Noah, rainbow. Anybody seen a rainbow lately? There's rainbows all over the world. Then that's the covenant symbol. The covenant symbol. Abraham was circumcision. Can't brag about that one. And so Moses was the Ten Commandments. Okay? David built the temple. Solomon built the temple, but David started. That was the, the covenant with David. He said, I'll reach your children for a thousand generations. He's talking about this covenant. And then Jesus, the last covenant, on the cross. And you see the cross. Man, rock stars wear the cross, and they don't know the meaning. You're going to know the meaning today. The cross represents how horrible the death on the cross was, but that sacrifice was for us. As bad as you think you are and you're not good enough, Jesus died for you're not good enough. He died for you're not good enough to make you good enough. And I'm going to show you today that his perfection he's given to you. Wow. That's some big shoes to fill. But you know what? Your foot fits. Man, man. Okay. Number one, 
We're going to talk about Abraham's covenant. By faith, Abraham received. So we're just going to dig into Abraham's today and, and talk about Abraham. We're going to explain it a little bit. And I want to remind you that God helped Abraham to believe all this. And God will help you to believe everything Jesus has done for you. Okay? So, glory, glory. Ephesians uh, 2.11, it says, we're remembering times past. Let's just, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to bounce through these real quick. Uh, I'm, uh, let's go to Genesis 15.1. Let's talk about what happened. Abraham's walking with God. He left his hometown. Anybody ever left their hometown to follow God? Every missionary in the world left their hometown to follow God. You don't have to leave your hometown. You have to, in your heart, leave everything that you were raised with, worldly, all that, to join in with God. Remember, Egypt is the world, and, and, and the promised land is Christianity. How many of you know you ate different in Egypt? You should eat different in Christianity. And I'm talking spiritually. You can't play on the highway to hell anymore. And act like you enjoy it. Da, 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 da. It'll call stuff to you. Just saying, okay, that's just a side note, commercial. In Genesis 15, 1, after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision, saying, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield and exceeding great reward. Did y'all hear what he told Abraham? Galatians 3.13 says, Jesus bore. Uh, the curse on the cross that you could receive the blessing of Abraham. So God just told you that he's your exceeding reward. Okay. Hopefully that'll come to you this week sometimes. Because it just went out the door and nobody caught it. Y'all better catch those grounders. Do not be afraid. Are you afraid of anything? I am your shield. I am your reward. Abraham said to the Lord God, what will you give me? Didn't argue, didn't cry. Seeing I go childless, and the heir of my house is it's a servant, Eleazar of Damascus. Verse 3, and Abraham said, Look, you have, given, you have given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to Abraham, saying, This one shall not be your heir, but the one who will come from your body shall be your heir. Then he brought him outside, and here's where he's helping him. This is where he's helping him. He said, look toward heaven and count the stars. Wow. Look toward heaven and count the stars. If you're able to number them, he goes, this will be your descendants. And man, have you ever looked at the stars on a clear night? About one in the morning, two in the morning, count the stars. You cannot. You know, another time he took him and said, count the sand. That's going to be your kids. Huh? He's helping him. He's changing his vehicle. I don't have any kids. 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 And his name was Father. And then God changed his name to Father of many nations. How you doing? I'm Father of many nations. Ask me how many kids I got. I don't have any. But God calls those things which be not not have kids that you're going to have kids and you're not going to be able and I'm one of them I'm one of those stars that he couldn't count so are you 
So, so we stepped into the covenant of faith with Abraham. And so as we're reading, and so shall your descendants be. And he believed the Lord, and, and the Lord had counted it to him for righteousness. And so, and he said, I'm the Lord that brought you up out of, out of the land of Ur, the Chaldeans, and to give you a land to inherit. And he said, Lord, how shall I know that I'm going to inherit all this land where I'm walking? And he said to him, bring me, here we go. And he said, this is the key, bring me a three-year-old heifer, a three-year-old female goat, a three-year-old ram, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. And he brought all these to him, and he cut them down the middle. Anybody ever skin anything or butchered anything? It's nasty. He cut them down the middle, and the pieces fell to the opposite side, and, 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 uh, but he did not cut the birds in two. And the Lord speaks to him about his, his descendants going to Egypt and this and that and the other. But I want to bounce down to Genesis 15, 17, and look what it says. And it came to pass when the sun went down and it was dark that behold there appeared, appeared a smoking oven and a burning torch that passed between those pieces. On the same day, in verse 18, on the same day the Lord made a covenant with Abraham saying to your descendants, I have given this land from the river of Egypt to the great river Euphrates. And they don't even have half of it then, today. Now imagine, now, now what, what in the world is this? Is, you know, and many scholars, the smoking oven, and they want to talk about this, and this burning torch, that's God and Jesus. Because Jesus from the foundation of the world was told that he would be born into the earth. And that, remember when Eve and Adam ate the apple, it wasn't an apple, the fruit? He said, Eve, your seed. Women don't have seed. Because Jesus was born from the Father above. And he, he will bruise Satan's head. So, so imagine these animals. Can you see these animals? And you're barefooted. And your breeches legs are rolled up. And now you're going to walk through them. This is covenant. You ain't going to forget that. But I could turn to my wife. I don't love you no more. I'm leaving you, woman. Marriage is covenant. It's before God. It's up on the platform. Why do we do it up here? So everybody can see. Why was Jesus crucified at Calvary on a hill? So everybody can see. It's covenant. It's all just ties together. It's covenant. And they walk through God and, and God. And why, is that, why do I believe it's God and Jesus? Because they, it's their covenant and we get the blessing of it. Even with Abraham's. Abraham's laying up against a tree. He'd been asleep. He didn't walk through that. God did. And God said, this is why you're going to know. Because you know what? Every generation from the beginning knows what covenant was. But we don't. We're civilized. But we need to know that God's covenant is in blood. The blood of Jesus. And so as we look at these, uh, you, you remember uh, when the children of Israel went uh, and, and, and God said, it's time to go. And the death angel was coming. What did they put over the doorpost? Blood. The Bible says in Hebrews, without the, the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. But it also says once and for all, Jesus died. Once and for all. We don't have to sacrifice anymore because of Jesus' sacrifice. You know, when, when Moses came down with the ten and God started speaking to him about what the priest should do and what they should wear and what they should sacrifice. And, you know, he told him in Leviticus 4, uh, 3, he said, get a bull 
without blemish. Get a goat without blemish. Get a lamb without blemish. Blemish, whatever you, it needs to be perfect. What you present to God. You know what? You, 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 you need to present to God. Guess what? Jesus was that perfect sacrifice. Everything must be purged in blood. In the old covenant, our, their sins were covered. Because they had to go back and do it again to get covered. And go back and do it again and get covered. In our covenant, our sins are washed away. You know where, where they're at? They, they maintain in our memory. Oh. No, wash that away too. Come on. So God wants to wash us away. Now, this is not in, in your notes, but I want you to write this down if you've got a pen. Psalms 89, 34, and I just kept cutting stuff out of this and cutting stuff out of this. But listen, God wants to take us somewhere. He says, my covenant I will not break, nor alter the word that, go, that goes out of my mouth. Though every word that I have spoken, the words that I have spoken, your Bible is the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. Testament means covenant. Old Testament, New Testament. Uh, I will not alter the words. Every promise is yes and amen. Because of the blood of Jesus. Not because you're good enough. And so, so our part is to believe God and receive from God. Can you say amen? amen. Say, I want to believe. believe. You know that there was a scripture where Jesus said, don't, uh, 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 don't fear, only believe. And the man said, help my unbelief. There's some times you might need to cry out for mercy because unbelief is overwhelming you. Nothing wrong with that. Abraham's not begging God. He's having a conversation with him. How, how am I going to know this? That's not doubt and unbelief. Help me, Lord. Help me understand. Help me understand how this works. So that's, that's where we're going. So let's go, let's go to number two. We needed a perfect sacrifice. And we'll talk about Jesus now. We needed a perfect sacrifice and our covenant with the Father is established with the blood of Jesus. You remember I said that God walked through the blood that Abraham cut? Guess what? Jesus was the sacrifice that was split. And God walked through that. Cross is horrible. The worst way that people could, could, could suffer and die was on the cross. They smothered to death after days. But Jesus died on purpose. Jesus said, no man takes my life, and he gave up his life for us. He could have walked away, but he gave his life for us. We need to believe that. This is by faith. All this is by faith. I wasn't there when he was crucified, but I know he did because in my spirit, I know what's true. I know the word of God is true. Guess what? It's true whether I believe it or not. Hmm. Even, even John in John 1.29, John the Baptist said, the next day John the Baptist saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Jesus was the perfect Lamb, without spot, without blemish. Hebrews says that he was without sin. And we'll read that here in just a little bit. But he was without sin. He's perfect. And so... Uh, Philippians 2, 8 says, and being found in an appearance of man, he came as a man. He, why didn't he come as a man? Why didn't he come as the Son of God? Oh, he was son of the God, a Son of God. He was that, but he had to be flesh and blood. Why? 
God in the beginning said, Let us make man in our image and in our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and every creeping creep that creeps on the earth. You, here's your answer. Well, why? If God's good, why is all this mess going on right now? Because man is in control. And Jesus came to save mankind. For them to walk in Him and not their ways. Because man's ways are selfish, prideful, ends up to going to murder, whatever you see that's evil. And we have to discern good from evil, don't we? God is good. God is not evil. And not, He does not tempt men with evil. Okay? God's a good God. All the temptation comes from your own strong desire and the world. Ooh, I like that. I want an apple pie like that. They look, I'll steal it. That's what flesh does. It's what man does. But Jesus came in the appearance of a man. He humbled himself and became obedient. Jesus was obedient. Come on, in the garden, did he say, Lord, if, if, if this cup can pass, if there's any other way? He was taking on the sin of the world in the garden. That's why he sweated blood for me and you. You think you've been stressed out? Jesus knows what it's like to be stressed out. He's sweating blood for us. And he said, no, Lord, nevertheless, not my will be done but yours. He was obedient all the way to the cross, even to the point of death. 1 Corinthians 1.18, for the message of the cross is foolishness for those who are perishing. But for us who are believe, being saved, it is the power of God. The cross is the power of God. I'll explain how in just a minute. And in Colossians 1.20, And to him to reconcile all things to himself by him, whether things on the earth or things in heaven, having been made peace through the blood of the cross. How powerful is the cross? That's where the blood was shed. Looking unto Jesus in Hebrews 12.2, Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, it's his faith. He authored it, he gave it to us, and he will finish us, and he will help us grow in faith and finish our faith. Amen? Amen. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Let's talk just real quick. The cross is up on the hill. Jesus is up here on the cross. It's horrible. It's nasty. It's bloody. He's been beaten, whipped. They, they, you know, his skin, his meat, the meat off his back's missing. They punched him in his face. They pulled his beard out. They put a crown of thorns on him. We get one, and we're like, oh. He suffered. It's the place of death. The power is it would kill everything in you that would destroy you, like sin, like cancer. Come on, that's the place of death. If you got something, today's the day is to put it at the cross and let it die. But we don't stay there. We go to the empty tomb, and we're going to be raised up and be like him. The tomb is empty. The resurrection life of Jesus is on the inside of us. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us. But if we find anything in us that is not right with God, we got to go put it at the cross. This is where that was taken care of. Get out of my life. Be broken off of me. Porn addiction, drug addiction, alcohol addiction. Mad at my wife, stressed out with the government. Huh? 
put it at the cross. It all comes to steal your peace, to steal your life. It's time to put stuff at the cross today. Well, mm-mm-mm. I'm kind of scared too, Pastor. I'm ashamed. Did you know Jesus bore your shame? Let's go to number four. I, 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 I want to, I can preach every one of these, but listen to number four. Of course, why do you need to go? Why do you need to go to the cross? Why is there mercy there? Why is, because of Jesus. In Hebrews 4.15, it says, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. I don't care what you're facing, Jesus faced it. He was tempted with drugs, alcohol, uh, whatever. And he was without sin. And verse 16, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Did y'all see that? Jesus did not say, well, I was perfect, and y'all is not good enough to be in my kingdom. He goes, no, I'm perfect because I paid the price for you to be in my family, for you to be in my kingdom, for me to be your Savior, for me to be your Lord, for me to be your uh, brother, for me to be your captain, for me to be everything that you need. I'm not untouchable. I know what you go through. I came as a man to go through what you go through so I can deliver you from going through it. Amen. Come on. Jesus is Lord. That's what that means. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. That's what that means. Oh, the blood that washes me white as snow. There's power in the blood. Come on, that blood was shed for me. Nobody wants blood on him, especially somebody else's blood, but I want the blood of Jesus because that's my access to the kingdom. That's my covenant, covenant that I can step into heaven because of the blood of Jesus. I can't stand and say, well, I was perfect or I was good enough. I'm not, but he was good enough. <coughs> he is good enough, and he's always good enough, and he's always merciful. Right where I read that scripture, and I told you to write it down, in Psalms 89, that whole thing's about mercy and grace. And even when my people fail, and even when my people mess up, I'm still going to stand by my covenant. I'm still going to stand by my word. I'm still going to stand by my mercy and my grace that's extended to you. I'm still going to take the covenant, and this is it. You need to come and receive. Glory, glory, glory. So I want to ask you, is there anything in you today that needs to die? That you need to put at the cross? That you need to put under the blood? And you do it by faith. And talk to the people uh, uh, that are watching live today. Maybe you need to get on your knees where you're at in your own home and, and put things at the cross. Because we're about to be through. We're about to do an altar call for our congregation here, but I'm giving an altar call for people who are online. Will you give your heart to Jesus? Will you call upon the Lord? The Bible says you can be saved. Will you put everything at the altar? If you do that, let us know. We'll send you stuff. We'll pray for you. But we're going to move forward with the service.